of the things that's come out lately with me uh, having the opportunity to do these remotely, I've spoken to so many people that are so much further up their um, respective ladder than I am up mine, that it's almost ironic at me giving sort of an introduction to them, but I'll go for it anyway. Uh, what I want to make sure everyone knows for absolutely certain is who you are um, and where you've kind of come from as a model uh, before we kind of dive into the nitty gritty details. So I'd love to ask you why you first um, looked at and started modeling and also what are your memories of your first shoot? I started to I didn't really start to look into modeling it, I did just come across it quite by accident I was working part-time at the body shop in Oxford whilst I was doing my fine art degree and we we got trained um, in makeup for doing makeovers on the customers and um, we used to also work at some local fashion shows where we do the makeup for the models and I was at one of these fashion shows and the organizer uh, needed a redhead for a photo shoot that was happening um, for a magazine actually so I, I said yes I would do that um, and so that was my first shoot it was a completely professional shoot with like hair and makeup and like a whole team of people and it was printed you know it went uh, a publication and uh, that was like yeah really exciting and sort of something that I never imagined happening so that was the first my first introduction to actual modeling that shoot but it was it would have just been like a one-off thing that I just did you know for the hell of it and for the fun of it but then another way that I, I sort of got into doing it in the freelance way like online was it's like a less a less cultured way of entering it is that there was this silly website called this is like the kind of myspace era and there was this silly website called hot or not where you put like your picture <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> you put your picture online um, and then people would like rate you one to 10. And like, this is just, you know, a stupid, completely vain thing that you would do to sort of see how people rated you. People could email you on that as well. And I just had a message from a guy who was a photographer and he just said, oh, you should try um, submitting some pictures to like Model Mayhem and One Model Place, Net Model, which were the three that were like the sort of modeling websites at the time. This was in 2006. This is 14 years ago. So I joined those websites and um, just kind of added added um, my my tear sheet picture from the magazine and some some webcam pics and um, some some pictures that I some like weird sort of self portraits that I'd taken in my fine art degree mm-hmm. um, and then just kind of rolled with it. So that was like my introduction to to modeling through those. Well, so one one entry was kind of like really professional doing an actual really cool shoot and then the other one, the other one was kind of being introduced to these sites by this uh, this funny website but <clears throat> it kind of worked together so yeah but it was something that I hadn't planned on doing or uh, you know, I hadn't definitely hadn't envisioned myself being a model ever but I had always been interested in photography and modeling in a way because when I was young and through my teenage years and like um yeah, still when I was at university, I was obviously really interested in art. That's what I did on my course. Um, but also I always loved looking through fashion magazines and style magazines, at like the photography and the models and the, the clothing and jewelry and the makeup and the way that it was all like presented in the magazine, like all of that aesthetic, I just found really fascinating. And I would tear out loads of pages from the magazines and make like collages and stuff of all my favorite colorways and 
the sort of the mood boards and stuff. So I, I was like, I guess I was making literal mood boards. Nowadays we use like Pinterest or something. But uh, yeah, so I loved the visuals of all that um, and found it very inspiring. I just didn't really anticipate going into it myself, definitely not as a model, but it happened. So I rolled with it. And then how did the shooting from there progress? Some of my first shoots were just kind of fairly uh, standard studio shoots, but fairly early on, because um, I did do like implied nude when I first started. And then I did nudes like fairly quickly because I just found like that was um, like implied nude was too limiting. And I just felt like it wasn't, I don't know, I felt like it wasn't too strange to be doing nudes, maybe because I'd had that fine art background and sort of inspirations and stuff that I had always admired, like had nudity. So it didn't seem too strange. But I remember that the first time I was nude in nature um, was on, on a shoot on location in a forest and I was lying um, on like a tree, uh, yeah, lying back on a tree. And it was, it was quite damp and cold and a bit uncomfortable, but I kind of got, yeah, I got a good pose and was just sort of lying there while the photographer was taking pictures or setting up and I just looked up to the sky and then um, like a, a flurry of birds like went over me and I just like heard their wings beating above me. And that was like such an amazing experience to be in that kind of really pure state that's just so um you're feeling everything around you like the air and you can hear the leaves in the forest and the trees above and and then you hear that nature just so close like so close to you and that was like the first experience where I really felt like wow this is just so powerful to be out in nature in this way and so that was really memorable um and then there was another thing that I thought I'd mention that um Fairly early on, when I joined the model sites with my sort of very amateur portfolio when I first started, um, somebody emailed me um, a really lovely photographer who I've worked with a few times since, um, and he wanted to do something that was um, Gustav Klimt inspired. So I really loved Klimt, and I immediately jumped at that, thinking, "Oh my god, yeah, like love that that kind of style and those paintings are just beautiful." Like, I can see how. I would have like a, how my look would actually suit that because previously I didn't imagine where I could really fit into modeling. And that was probably the, the, the message that made me think, oh, wow, people could really um, use my look and it could work. So um, I did that shoot and he'd done like a whole series using different models in this kind of beautiful golden backgrounds and elaborate kind of digital artistry that he was doing. And it was so, so beautiful. And he sent me a picture of one of the images he'd already made with a model. And so this was like way back in my first year of starting. And this picture was just so beautiful. And the model was like really posed beautifully with like such daintiness and like her fingers and her hands were just so elegant. And she looked perfect. Like her expression was perfect. And I did this shoot with him. And um, I remember feeling a bit kind of awkward on the shoot I was trying to kind of pose but obviously I was really didn't have much experience at that point so it was quite difficult to know when to move and when to hold it and I think that the Gustav Klimt style is already a little bit awkward in ways like the, the way that his models kind of pose is it's got an awkwardness to it which we were trying to kind of emulate but I probably wasn't getting it very well because I was just yeah not not experienced yet um but then he sent me the pictures, the, the finished pictures, which were, um, he'd done like a brilliant job on, you know, all the digital artistry was beautiful, but I was just, 
horrified with how I looked. I just thought I looked so, so uh, like frumpy and like so unelegant and uncomfortable. And I just really hated how I looked. Like my neck just looked uh, awful. And I, I was really disappointed, like really felt like I'd let myself down and let him down on the shoot. I remember I said to him that I was like really oh God, I just, I think I don't like them at all. I've, I've not done a good job. And he was trying to reassure me and probably felt really bad because he'd upset me, but obviously it wasn't, it wasn't his fault. I just, I think I was trying to like be that model who was, who was an experienced model already, but I was just starting out. Um, and so that was like, I remember that quite early on, but about five years ago, or maybe maybe about four years ago, I did another shoot that was Gustav Klimt inspired, um, and that was in my own uh, my old flat where I used to shoot from home sometimes because it had a really beautiful natural light. And I set something up with like fabrics and golden jewelry and sort of golden sequins and everything. So it was all that kind of Gustav Klimt style again. I made a really beautiful picture with a photographer that I've shot with a lot and. Um, I just really nailed the pose and I loved it. Like, and I love the picture and it's one of my favorites of me. And in that picture, I look relaxed and dainty and elegant, all those things that I kind of wished that I'd looked in the beginning. And I actually had a model email me, um, saying that she loved the picture so much and kind of asking for, um, some advice and just saying that she really admired my work. And I was just like, wow, that's such a, like a full circle of experience because I was once that model who was looking to another model and thinking that she looked beautiful and then thinking that I looked horrendous. But then over time and experience, then I got to the point where somebody was admiring me. So that was like a really cool little full circle. I mean, over the years you've worked with obviously photographers at different experience levels and skill levels as well. What are the challenges of working with someone that's less skilled compared to working with someone that's more skilled and experienced? Photographers that are less experienced than you kind of, and you, you're sort of working with the basics more so you often have to kind of focus more on technical sides of things and stuff like framing and giving sort of some suggestions about how to how to make a strong picture in regards to the framing and the composition and the, the height that they're at and the, um, just the sort of the angles at which they're shooting you from and stuff like that. So it's, it ends up a bit more about to create just a really nice portrait or a really nice shot and it's more about the technical stuff. Whereas when someone is more uh, experienced, then, um, or, well, more, more experienced or more artistic because not always those things don't always come hand in hand. You know, sometimes there's complete newbies and like amateur photographers who are so hugely artistic. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's not always... Um, well, skill and experience don't always go hand in hand. You can have someone that's completely brand new who maybe they're not technically correct in the, their approach, but they ha they actually have a vision of where they want to go with things and they have an artistic eye. So they have an ability to kind of see what's working and what isn't. And they're better at kind of chopping through the weeds that way. And uh, something I've seen quite a bit when I've taught workshops is that you get people who are, they've, they've had the same one year of experience 25 times, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. 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 There's not, there's not much progression. Someone, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, sometimes how long you've been doing it, you know, someone, some people just have that artistic um, vision 
and that's great. But whether it's their experience or the fact they're very creative, when when you do get someone like that, uh, then then obviously they're kind of taking care of the technical things and whatnot, and then you can concentrate more deeply on your emotion and your uh, your presence to the camera and um, you know the substance of the picture so that's really great when you can get to that point because everything else is kind of sorted out and you don't have to um, as a model you don't have to kind of help and guide a photographer so much with any of those elements you can just then bring out the max of you as a model and kind of really flourish more so for the camera and like uh, just get like a deeper kind of connection like if you're doing a portrait then you can really focus on like emoting and um put something deeper into the picture i mean you're obviously a very artistic and creative person um yourself how much creative freedom is there as a model um i'd say there uh there is a a lot a lot of creative freedom um doing freelance the kind of modeling that i do in the way that i do it where yeah i'm I'm being booked by people um, who definitely want to work with me. And I guess one of the reasons why they're booking me is because they've seen that I'm creative and that I sort of have, um, you know, a, a real passion for what I do. So um, they, most of them are really, really encouraging of collaboration. So I think, like, I mean, I have done a bit of agency work, just not very much. Um, but when I have done it, you know, it, it's... It's, it's just so so incredibly different because you're just there for the job and you just need to kind of stand there and do that. And maybe sometimes you can um, contribute a bit more, but that's quite rare. Whereas when you're doing freelance modeling, then most of the time you're really respected as an artist in your own right. And I think people really uh, they, they want you to, to um, yeah, contribute your ideas and... Um, give them feedback and so you do get to try some things out like not always but that's okay like sometimes someone has a very distinct vision and then you obviously will, will try and capture that for them um but yeah like I, I'm really grateful that's a huge thing that I love about what I do is that I do feel really valued as an artist by most people that I work with which is great I mean, do you find that those sort of creatively restrictive shoots are quite taxing emotionally and does it kind of put, take away your enthusiasm? Um, yeah, it, it, it definitely can do. Um, like sometimes it's quite nice to have a shoot where you don't have to sort of uh, give over too much of yourself. Like I guess if every single shoot was like uh, really um, sort of when you're giving so much of yourself and your ideas and your emotions and it would be quite draining. So it's okay to have a bit of variation, but when there's some shoots um, where you really don't have any creative freedom and they just want you to do a certain thing and they've really got a very strict um, vision of what makes that good and you can't really try a little bit of anything, then that does feel... um, yeah, it, it just um, makes you feel. I always think the words the word is soul destroying. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it, I, maybe I don't know. I wouldn't want to complain about it too much because you know they're still like paying me, and and if they want to do this <clears throat> very particular kind of portrait or something that's like with my head facing one way, and it's got to be like exactly like this, and I only spend like the whole day doing this kind of thing only, and don't get to kind of explore and deviate from that at all, then it's definitely 
taxing. If I could go down that vein of, of thought just for a second, because there's a question in here that I really want to ask you, and I feel like we're right in the, the wheelhouse of it, so I kind of want to interject it now. Um, but do you think, or in your opinion or in your experience, is modelling good for the person's self-esteem? Um, I think it it is and it isn't. Like, I think overall I feel like my self-esteem has benefited or probably I'd say like neutralised from it. Um, um, by neutralized, I mean like I've kind of let go of my vanity of my physical self a bit from doing modeling because um, I think that when you, when you first start modeling, you sort of you're very kind of concerned with trying to prove that you can maybe look pretty and that you can look attractive. And, um, you know, you sort of, you know, the pictures that you choose when you're selecting images for your portfolio are probably like the ones where you look, you know, like really pretty and really beautiful and that sort of thing, which is obviously great. And that's what you kind of need as a model. Um, but I guess I kind of, I feel like after you, after a while, after you've kind of proved that to yourself, then it becomes more about, um, something more that you can bring than just physical beauty. Um, and so then you kind of let go of that a little bit. And I think in a way it just helps you to remove yourself from that kind of, oh, I don't know how to describe it very well. Um, just remove yourself from the, the weight of that sort of need to look physically perfect all the time or something because as you as you evolve through modeling then it's more about how to um explore like different characters and sort of storytelling and um and emotion and um something that there's more to a picture than just how you look um there's like a presence there or a, a mood or a memory um and so i think that's kind of helped me to um, have that part of me like to be less important but at the same time um, we're all just human of course and I think one of the biggest things is unfortunately like the Instagram thing like social media how um, it's so easy to see somebody else um, and envy them or envy what they've got um, and sort of have that like in your feed daily and so if you do get in a place where you're feeling um, a bit unhappy with part of yourself or if you're kind of wishing you were a bit like this or a bit like that person, then you can kind of get that fed to you too much. And so you have to make sure that you, you, uh, that you're looking at the right, um, you're looking at the right content and sort of not, yeah, not making yourself feel bad. Uh, I think curation is a really important part of Instagram, like making sure that the stuff comes across you is uh, inspiring as opposed to just sort of either irritating or frustrating. I mean, something I have to do quite a lot is remove news-based stuff or remove pol uh, political stuff from my newsfeed when it comes to photographic stuff because I just don't want to see it. And unfortunately, there are some people that do tie their art with their politics and I might like their art, but I don't like their politics or I, I may be just not interested in their politics at that point. So that can be quite frustrating. It sounds like what you're sort of saying is um you're almost you're one person and you as a model are a completely different person and that's how you sort of stay sane I guess um I don't know I'm not sure if it's quite that I guess I just mean that 
maybe when you first start out, you're very concerned about how you look physically. And then I think especially just just growing up and getting experience and getting perspective in life as you kind of evolve through it, then you realize that it's less about um, looking a certain perfect way and more about what you can bring in terms of your artistry and your emotion and your um, the connection that you can bring, which are like which are not physical things. So I feel like that helps my that helps my physical self esteem um, by focusing on those things. Uh, and then with with the with the Instagram and stuff like that, um, then like you say, yeah, you, you, I think it is really important if. If you, if you, um, if people are following people that don't make them feel good or if they feel, you know, that they're getting self-conscious about themselves because they're seeing certain things that are probably fake anyway. And, um, you know, like we all say about how social media is sort of like everybody's highlight reel and it's easy to just see all the good stuff. But, um, yeah, it's so true. And you just have to maybe unfollow the people that, that aren't like, inspiring you and not making you feel good like I've definitely done that with some some models who uh, I don't know they were making like say like younger models who like so incredibly incredibly fit and um like just look a certain way and I would find myself uh looking at them on my feed and getting kind of self-conscious and starting to overthink myself and overthink things but then I realized that actually I wasn't there I wasn't their um market like they're not aiming it at me anyway and so it's not of course it's not going to feel like right to me so I just kind of unfollowed them and or, or sort of muted them or something so I can't see them in the you know like don't feel don't um I still wish them well and all that kind of stuff I just don't want to see certain things on my feed so I think yeah it's important like you say to create your feed in that way to help your self-esteem in your opinion the something I've I've probably got a fairly strong view on this but i'm very curious to hear your side of it in your opinion do you think models need to kind of work within a couple of genres that are their strengths or is it good for their sort of skill set and their versatility for them to work within genres of modeling that maybe aren't their strongest i would say that it is it is important to um experiment and try different things for sure but that you shouldn't get too hung up about trying to do everything because that's impossible. And well, I mean, for some people, maybe not because some people are amazingly versatile and that that is their strength. So that is great. But for, for a lot of people, I think um, that, yeah, it's good to try a bunch of stuff and see what you like. Um, but then don't like forget or dismiss your strengths because that's like what people are looking looking to you for and um and also like it's easy to sometimes maybe think that you kind of like again maybe envy other models and admire them and think oh wow I wish that I could be a bit more like her or she's got such a like sharp look and you know because I'm very uh my look naturally is very kind of soft and gentle and that's physically how I look naturally I sort of have um that more classical uh sort of almost old-fashioned look and that's what I fall into like by default like more naturally um but then I, I sometimes see models who've got you know a totally different body type or a different kind of face shape or jawline or something and they just they can do these super fierce super sharp looks 
and I'm just like bowled over by them and I think oh I wish I could be more like that and for sure sometimes like I can definitely do that look especially with the right makeup artist like that's a huge thing I think in transforming somebody um but also I need to remember not to um sort of uh forget my strengths and kind of sometimes you can become a bit blind to them when you've been doing it a while because maybe it feels so easy because you've been modeling and, and growing your skills in modeling for so long that it almost feels like you're not doing anything anymore but actually when you remember and you're reminded like how much you are doing and how much you do know then you sort of yeah you realize that it's okay to um work with your strengths Something I ha- something I have no idea about, and I'd love to hear, love to find this out because this is a really um, until I started doing the podcast, I'd never really thought about it, and and now it's something that's kind of consuming my mind until I find out the answer. If you want to become a model, how do you learn to model? I would say the way that I sort of learned was from I think part of it was sort of the subconscious learning that I took in from like when I mentioned I was love looking through those fashion magazines and and um like photography images of models um that was kind of all in my head even even before it was a possibility that I would be a model so I guess some of that kind of got absorbed into my brain but also I had like pictures of painters and artworks sort of like around my bedroom and stuff when I was growing up so that kind of pre-raphelite and those kind of paintings so that also probably gave me some um influence so I say looking at looking at your inspirations that that you are drawn to and kind of just just really kind of um open yourself up to all of that and really let it kind of infiltrate your mind and then when it comes to like the technicalities of modeling then the best way that I learned was when you when you're first starting out and you get like um all your images sent to you and then you know, even the bad ones and you can see what's, what's uh, working really well for you and what is just like not a good angle or something that, you know, isn't showing you off to such a good, it's not showing off your features so well. Um, so yeah, that kind of, that helped me to learn. And then I did also was, yeah, early on I was with an agency where we did sort of get taught how to do like catwalk and stuff like that or, or like to, to model catalog clothes and things but I don't know I guess that helped a tiny bit but mostly mostly it was about um yeah looking at inspirations and really noting like the sort of ways that people that the models had their hands or the emotions that they had and I don't know I think you just sort of have to try and absorb it and then and then you look at the pictures and see how you're doing and um then you just kind of try to, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. Um, yeah, then you, then you just go forward with what's working best for you. And, and then as the years go on as well, you kind of also change, your modeling style maybe changes a bit. And so you kind of get re-inspired in different genres or different moods and styles. And so you kind of always keep evolving in that way. You mentioned inspirations there. Um, who inspires you as a model? Many, many people because there's just so many epic people right now. Um, so I think I think nowadays, like uh, people 
are the kind of models who are really soulfully expressive are the models that inspire me the most. So um, there's a model in Canada called Marriott Rayner. She's a dancer and um, a yogi and lots of other things too, but she's just really um, brilliant at, um, yeah, like channeling all her emotions through her body and it's just such a kind of pure, raw way of expression. Um, and there's another model called Anastasia Artiva. She's um, also really stunning and she does self-portrait work and photography as well and she's just so super talented. Um, and then there's a model called Vincent Little Hat and Tessa Kuragi. Um, and they're very, very different. They, they're really different from me, but I just love that. I don't know. They're just so unique and just kind of go their own way. And so I find that very inspiring, even though I don't look anything like them and I couldn't really emulate what they do at all, but I just find them inspiring because they're like being so authentically themselves and and then that in itself is just inspiring. Um, and then, yeah, Tinkerbella, she's a model with like, she's full of tattoos and stuff, but she's just super, super emotive and um, yeah, really versatile. And uh, there's so many, sorry, this is the one called River Vest Femina. She's, she lives in America and she is also such a beautiful art need model who again is just so like in tune with herself and you can really just see the kind of connection with herself and the earth that she, when she's modeling in the, in locations. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's just so many people who inspire me. You're obviously a photographer as well as uh, being a wonderful model. Um, and there's a few questions I'd love to ask you about the photographic side of things, if that's okay. Yeah. I think probably one of the, the strangest questions I think I could ask would be what you look for in a model or a subject. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> let me think. Um, I mean, this is something that I found like the most fascinating thing about doing photography because it's made me really really think about modeling from both sides so much so I really feel like I get like a dual perspective of how to be the best kind of model because I guess when I'm when I'm trying to model now I, I sort of think what would I want from myself if I was a model so um I guess um the ability to really kind of um that's the way sort of translate translate an idea that the photographer is giving giving you and then sort of be able to run with it but without but whilst kind of staying generally in their their, their ideas that they've kind of put forward like obviously it's good to go off on a tangent if that's working really well and you're both kind of feeling it but um it's really great when you kind of give a model a um, an overall mood or an idea and then they really get it and then they kind of run with it and then yeah you're just kind of then getting their contribution so so nicely and it's like a great collaboration in that way with you being a photographer and a model 
what does being on both sides of the camera do in terms of influencing your approach when you're one or the other? Are you more sympathetic to the photographer's side of things when you're modeling and and vice versa towards the model? Or are you has it sort of changed has it changed your approach in the sense of like you see someone doing something that you would normally do as a model and you think, okay, well that's causing this problem for me as a photographer. I won't do that in future. Yeah, exactly. All that kind of stuff. Um it definitely makes you think twice about the sort of things that might um you might find frustrating or something previously like i think i was already quite an easygoing understanding model of photographers but but doing photography has made me even more so um yeah i really definitely empathize with photographers now if they're nervous because i have been incredibly incredibly nervous sometimes before shoots with with models and and also when you i mean I think one of the main things about shooting with a model is to kind of keep up a bit of a dialogue and a rapport. Um, and it's so important not to stay silent when you're doing a shoot because that can just kill the atmosphere so much. But then at the same time, now I realize how there's just so much going on sometimes for a photographer and there's so many things to think about. And if the light's changing and you're kind of trying to get all your settings right and all of this stuff, like the whole all the elements that are involved in it. And then you've also got to keep up a good dialogue with your model and be communicating well with them. And that is really hard. Um, so I guess, you know, obviously the more you do it, the better you become, but you yeah, haven't really done it for a while. Like I don't do photography really, really often. I'm trying to do it more this sort of in recent years, but I've probably done it for about, it's about 10 years now that I've been shooting models as well. But for a long time, it was just very intermittently. So it's very easy to get rusty, like in between my shoes. So yeah, I get really nervous and um, it's easy to get really caught up with all the technical stuff. And um, yeah, it it's really brings it home how difficult it can be um, for the photographer. So um, I think, yeah, I definitely have more patience and more empathy now. So I sort of think, how would I want to, how would, um, you know, when I'm modeling, I think, how would I want to treat them right now to make them feel like really chilled and, and just that they can take a moment. That's one of the things, actually, one of the main things is that I think photographers sometimes panic, um, especially if they're, you know, not so experienced in it or not like a professional photographer. They panic and feel like the whole time or the whole shoot, they need to be look like they know what they're doing every single second and be doing something every single second and shooting like all the time. And I think they feel like that's maybe what makes a photographer, but actually um, it's so important to um, step back and really think about what you're making. And I've really realized that doing my photography, because sometimes I've been in that space where I'm feel like, Oh God, I need to keep shooting. I need to, um, give instruction and like know what I'm doing the whole time. But actually now I understand that it's totally normal and um, it's very a very good idea to take a break and say like, hang on, I just need five minutes to like focus on my thoughts and just review these pictures and really think if I'm getting what I need and just kind of slow your brain down for a second and <laughs> just totally take a break because I think if you kind of, yeah, if you're a bit nervous then you will get a bit tense and you can't like think clearly. So to slow down and I kind of encourage people to do that as well. If photographers are 
or writing a bit and encourage them to slow down and like sort of reflect on what they're getting. So yeah, there's so many interesting insights like that I've got from seeing it from both sides. I really need to like write them all down and because they come to me when I'm doing the shoot sometimes and I, you know, all the differences and how it makes you think about, you know, think twice about um, doing certain things and how they might affect the photographer or how it might affect the model. Is it ever a struggle for you to be just the photographer or just the model on a shoot? Because obviously I think a little bit of knowledge is quite dangerous in terms of when we know what the other side of a situation is feeling or thinking or or doing or what they should be doing. It's hard not to direct them when maybe they don't want to be directed. So is it ever a struggle for you to kind of just contain yourself within the one role that you've got on the day? Yeah, I think definitely it's a real hard balance sometimes. Um, like I still kind of learning with it, I guess, with, um, with doing both things. Um, I think when I'm in my, when I'm in the photography side of it, I almost forget about the model side a bit. So I'm just, I'm better at being just a photographer, I think. Um, but then, yeah, when you're, when you're modeling and then you're helping people, like some people obviously really encourage you to give feedback and give suggestions and stuff. So that's fine. But other times, if um if you can see like something that somebody's doing and know that it's not going to be working so well or or that you could maybe suggest something it is it is a fine line between um like yeah you've got to be careful how you do it so um it's always got to be their shoot um and that you're you're just there to enhance it so i guess the, the key thing is just to sort of be gentle in your suggestion and just kind of tune into each person like some people really want to just go their own way and that's fine if that's going to be the case and then other people are going to be more receptive to it and then that can be a really good thing because then it's really collaborative uh but then maybe sometimes you're almost uh giving a lot of your ideas and that is a good thing because that's why, as I guess, hopefully one of the things that I feel like I can contribute as a model um, is sort of my imagination as well. So it's, you know, two heads together and um, it's a good, a good working relationship that way. Um, but yeah, you need to, every photographer obviously wants to feel like their shot is theirs and not kind of been um, over, what's the word, sort of overmanaged by a model. Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, there's a really fantastic thing that, um, I think you might know Artemis Fauna, Sarah. There's a really funny thing that she says about this, which is, um, that you can turn up on a shoot and you can, as the model, you're helping with the lighting, you're helping with the posing, you're helping the photographer with his settings, you're helping the photographer with the ideas, with the styling, everything. And then they leave you a reference where they say, uh, took direction well. I always found that quite really funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you do, you, you can sometimes give out a lot of your, a lot of yourself and a lot of your ideas into it but I guess that's most of the time it's a good thing because you know it's going to make people feel like they, they really know you you're dedicated to what you're doing you're dedicated to their to their shots and getting the best from each shoot uh but yeah I guess sometimes it, it, you can always give like too much of yourself um I know that I sometimes did that actually when I started out modeling that sometimes I would give like so much of myself that the shoot had finished, like the booking time had finished, but I was still 
saying, oh, like we can do more if you want. We can finish that idea and we can nail this better. Like we can try this pose a couple more times. And sometimes I would like go on like an extra 45 minutes or something. You actually did that at our shoot. Did I? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So we didn't, I don't think we ran over time by much, but um, I normally book in more than I need. So I I remember exactly at the time, but generally speaking, I would book three hours to shoot two. And then, you know, maybe we run 10 minutes into the third hour, but not much more. And we were photographing on a beach and I was like, cool, I'm really happy. I think I've got everything that I need. And you were like, wait, I've got, I've got one more dress. I'd really like to try. And, and you like, you ran off back yeah. to your car and yeah, it was, it showed you, it showed your dedication. It made like, made me feel like maybe I'm not enthusiastic enough as well with what I'm doing because you were, so, you were so excited to try stuff and yeah, yeah. it was good. I do. I do get really excited and, and I definitely do get in the zone in that way sometimes that I, I have to remind myself to rein that in a bit because obviously it's a good thing to the photographer, but I have to remind myself that, you know, this, this is now on your time and the more that you're, the more that I'm kind of adding extra free time, then it's, that's taken away from the time that I've got to do my emails that evening or the time that I've got to spend with my loved one or something. So if you're doing like extra time on every shoot every week, then it's like, that's a lot of extra time that you're giving that you're not getting paid for. And so it is, although it's good to, um, really, really good to be enthusiastic and give you, give it your all, but it's important to not get carried away too much when it's your business and you've got to kind of, this sounds really wrong. I don't mean it to sound weird no no it doesn't at all it doesn't at all it's 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 you're being english what you're doing right now is you're just being english english people are so sort of uh we're we're anti-business minded i think in the sense of like we want to be polite and respectful and so on and sometimes what happens quite i actually think it's becoming more and more of a common thing is people take advantage of that sort of british nature that that polite nature that enthusiastic nature where you might give a little bit but people then like well i know i'm not going to I'm not going to have to, you know, put too much pressure on them for them to give over more than they want to. And they almost use that, that positive energy and that enthusiasm to take more from you than they should. And we see that as being a negative when we speak about earning money from something, but you're obviously incredibly talented with what you do and you, you have a high demand. So there's no reason that you shouldn't feel in a position to say, look, you know, I, I'm, I'm enthusiastic and I give my all within the boundaries of the shoot. But obviously once we've gone beyond that, I've got to then think about the next people. I've got emails to chase up or I've got invoices to do. I've got to do my own taxes. I've got to cook my own dinner. So yeah, it's, I, I think it's people just misinterpret their own business mind as being rude and it's not rude it's just people yeah, I think there's maybe. people that manipulate you into thinking it's rude maybe yeah I mean sometimes I guess the, the guess most of the times when I think about it then it's, it's it is mostly it mostly has been me encouraging them so it probably is most of the time like like I say I have to remind myself to rein myself in a bit and um I was going to say but it's like, you have, if you, yeah, from a business perspective, it's good to leave somebody feeling satisfied with the service, but that you also want to want to leave them wanting more in the sense that you want, you want them to book you again. So you don't want to like give them everything, like, you know, maybe all their ideas that they had, they came to the shoot with, like, they're not going to get them all. Of course they're not. You've got to leave some for the next shoot. And I think definitely like in early years, I've, I've kind of just wanted to like get everything done and I don't know just been too enthusiastic in that way whereas now yeah like you say it's better to have a business mind and be like right we're done now we'll all get those other ideas on the next shoot huh and then they'll book you again and we're good (laughs) definitely 
Um, at the point that you're at in terms of the experience that you have both as a model and a photographer, what advice would you give yourself if you were to talk to you when you were first starting out in modeling from, from the perspective that you have now, what advice would you give yourself when you were starting out? I think I'm quite happy with the the way that I've gone through it in general. I think I would say, I would tell myself that you're, you're going to be doing this way, way longer than you imagine you're going to be doing it for because when I first started, I thought it was maybe just going to be for a few years or maybe like five years tops or something, but it's gone on and on, which is great. And I, it's gone on and on because I love it and because I'm I'm getting more from it all the time. And I was I wouldn't be doing it because it is so much work and so much time um, that you've really got to be getting something more from it than just money because else it's not probably not worth it. You know, the amount of time you have to put in it, it's not conducive to what you earn. But I'd say, yeah, envision that you might be doing this for a really long time and like put together some plans for how you can evolve it in the future. Because I'm sort of doing that now by thinking, okay, I've got now all this massive experience and how can I um, go forward from it um, in ways that aren't modeling. Um, whereas if I'd have maybe seen in advance I would be doing it for this long, then I would have put some of those thought processes into practice um, sort of faster and be be at those points now, whereas at the minute I'm still kind of planning them, um, you know, like thinking of doing workshops and making books and things like that that would be that would give insight to people and feel like I can give over some of this information and experience that I have. Um, Whereas when you when you've been doing it a long time, and and when you don't have like an end point in mind, you just kind of keep rolling on, and it's really easy to just go through the motions all the time because there's so much to keep up with all your emails and all your admin and your uh, promotion and the social media and everything that it's kind of sometimes like being in a hamster in a wheel, and you just have to focus on what you're doing that day, that week, and what's happening next month, and you can't really look outside of it all to sort of plan for. What, what am I going to be putting together in two years' time? So I think, yeah, to have a bit more sort of foresight, is that a word? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah no, definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> into, into the future and think, um, you know, that you can build something from this maybe even more and expand from it than just the simple thing that you're doing right now, which is already a lot, but you can, you can hone that all into one thing and then kind of, expand and move forward with it so yeah I'd give myself that um that nudge to be like hey this could get like to be a really big part of your life and so I mean I I have always taken it seriously but I think I would really kind of probably start thinking about it in a more serious business way for like my future yeah (laughs) whereas now I'm just kind of I'm, I'm I'm now working with that now Obviously, it's good right now because we have lots of time to think about all that stuff. So it's like this pause has been handy to um, to get lots of those plans that I've had in the back of my mind for years now actually um, into something that will hopefully carry on after, you know, in the future. Are there any stereotypes about modeling um, that you're not a fan of or you'd like to address? Obviously, I know that stereotypes are generally fairly toxic, but is there anything that people generally think about models that just isn't true? I'd say that some people maybe think that models think that they're all that. Like they think that models models love themselves, like, like that we're sort of 
full of ourselves or vain and think that we're beautiful and all that kind of stuff um, or that we're better than other people because we're a model and that we're beautiful and people want to take a picture or something. But um, that's very uh, far from the truth. I'd say that just models who, yeah, like especially, I don't know, like artistic models and um, I'd say that um, we actually, it's less about being beautiful and more about knowing how to be beautiful for the camera. So um, modeling is, yeah, it's a, it's a skill set that I think people maybe think it's just about turning up and being there in front of the camera and looking pretty and that's it. But there's just so many skills involved. Um, and, you know, the, the connection and the rapport that you build with people, like just going to a shoot and meeting strangers, sometimes on the other side of the world, um, to places that you've never been before and situations that are maybe really out of your comfort zone you have to turn up and um sort of bring yourself to the camera and um be confident and be focused and um then know how to use the skills in posing and expression to be whatever it is that's needed for the camera like whether it is being about beautiful or whether it's something that's an engaging portrait or telling a story or um visualizing a concept that somebody has There's, there's so much more to it than just your physical appearance so yeah this it's like knowing how to to use all those skills in body language and expression and even like there's just the subtle nuances in how you sort of communicate to the camera and all of that comes together with your experience so yeah there's a lot more to it and, and that modeling is just like the tip of the iceberg really you know, like you say, and all the other stuff, all the admin and the emails and the promo and blog writing and all of that stuff. And as well as obviously taking care of yourself and eating healthy and trying to be fit and just having good well-being in general. Um, so you look good for the camera. Then all of that is like behind the scenes under the surface. Modeling in some ways is like the easy part. Okay. 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 So I'm going, to, I'm going to ask you a very broad final question. So I do apologize. Um, it doesn't have to be a long answer. It doesn't have to be a short answer, but it's a broad question. Yeah. What is the best part of being a model? Um, well, I'd say it's the variety that you get to encounter like all the time. Um, I can't think of many of the jobs where you get to like just meet so many different people and see so many different places like different locations all around the world and different like amazing buildings and like incredible studios and natural light locations and and then you get to meet like yeah people from all different backgrounds who all different ages as well like speak to people who are like sometimes way older than you and um like in any in any um in any way of life, you know, sometimes click with people more so than others, but the ones that you do really click with, you can then have these great conversations and like really learn about different people and listen to their perspectives on life uh, since they're like a lot older than you. And I think that's really a great benefit like, for me. I think that you get to um, listen to some people's wisdom because they're a different, a different part of their life. Um, and yeah, just that, that variation of, Sometimes, like, I don't know, being in this super cold, super crazy, but beautiful location in Norway or something. And then another day being like, I don't know, in like a really comfortable, beautiful 
boudoir that's like got, I don't know, you're wearing like gorgeous corsetry or something and it's all plush and you're made up really beautiful and like it's just such a difference. Every day is so different, whether it's like a really simple portrait in a studio that's just really focusing on like your character and or getting a feeling across where or something that's really stylized and like heavily like a you know a huge concept and it's all like amazing lighting and super dramatic and stuff so there's just so much that you can do every day and it's it's um I think it's very it it really stretches you you know as a person and and helps you kind of learn and expand like so much as a human because you can just learn and experience so many different things so that's yeah I think that's like that is quite broad but it's definitely what I love about it the most the variety and like all the ways that it can sort of make you help you grow as a person and that you can have some pretty like amazing experiences as well like for, for, for instance um when I was in uh in Norway um we went to a glacier and I got to we went up this glacier and it was amazing but we were kind of like nearby it with it in the background and then we came back down to like a glacial lake at the bottom and I swam in the glacial lake, which was absolutely freezing, but, um, but it was like such an amazing, like adrenaline rush experience and things like that. And I've got a picture of me then on this rock with a glacier in the background. And then that's like an incredible memory for me and an incredible experience that was like kind of a bit otherworldly. So my God, there's just so much that I feel like I've got from it and continue to get from it. So. Well, being an, uh, I'm an eternal pessimist in life. I'm usually a bit of a Debbie Downer and you're someone who I find so, uh, you see, you're so enthusiastic and so positive. It, the one brief time that we got to work together, it actually had a huge impact on me as a photographer in, in a technical sense, as well as just in the way that I approached, um, different personalities of the modeling. It's, you're probably one of the few people that are still a little bit terrified to work with again, because you have such an amazing body of work. What I like to do with this is to make sure the whole point of this is that people can find you. They can find your work. So where can people find all of your modeling? and your photographic work? Um, well, they can find everything on my website, which is ivoryflame.co.uk. Um, and that has all the links to my social media as well. So everything can be found there. Like I'm Ivory Flame model on Instagram. But yeah, all the links are on there. So you can check that out. Amazing. It's been so great to talk to you. I really do appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I got a naked inside of me. It's a deep hole where I bleed Oh, can I see you later? You're like an ocean without land Not a single grain of sand I'm drifting on it